BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. All right, that's good, Marcus. All right, yeah, I believe... What is happening in that song? (laughs) Sounds like a bunch of mice fighting. Ooh, that's a song called Rank. Oh, exciting. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm Ben Kissel, as always, joined by Marcus Parks. Marcus Parks, you are on vacation in New Mexico. Oh, yeah. Rio Dosa, New Mexico. Isn't that exciting? Mm-hmm. Up in the mountains. A lot happened when you were gone. We had a full week of uh, of Supreme Court justice decisions, and uh, Barack Obama said the N-word, Ooh. which was very exciting. He also sang a uh, a song in a black church. Barack Obama is finally becoming the black president that rap, that comedians in uh, 1990 on BET said he would be. You know, <laughs> we'll have a black president who's going to say the N-word constantly and sing in church. And now he's finally turning into the uh, to the president that we all hoped and dreamed he would be. Of course, the, uh, the context of Obama's use of the N-word was very professorial. Mm-hmm. And it was on the Mark Marin What the Fuck podcast, which has now put Mark Marin's What the Fuck podcast at number one. So all we have to do is get President Obama <laughs> on the show, and we're going to be huge. Yeah, start tweeting at the president, I'm, everybody. I'm going to let him know. So let's talk about the different reactions from your area in New Mexico uh, versus what happened here in the, uh, in, <laughs> I said the United States, because that's how isolated <laughs> I am here in New York City. Here in New York City, gay marriage, very, very popular decision for New York, and of course it was right perfectly timed with the gay pride parade and that was on sunday and uh you know they say gay marriage that's two steps forward and then the gay pride parade i have a lot of gay friends would agree with me kind of three steps back (laughs) it's always just like a nightmare it's very similar to when the environmentalists came to march a few Mm -hmm. years ago maybe about a year and a half ago with matt damon leading the charge and i believe mark ruffalo uh was taking a break from being the incredible hulk and uh, and they were marching for the environment, ended up just trashing the city. Mm-hmm. But, of course, the gay pride parade was a very, very good time. Um, by 5 o'clock, those shadows on facial hair of a lot of the uh, transgendered community, where they were flicking, flickering brights. Sprouting. Sprouting up. Like a, like a turnip. Like a turnip. But it was a beautiful oh. event and a great weekend by New York City standards. But now, obviously, you were in a different state, a much less liberal state, hanging out with people from Texas. Uh most likely a little bit less liberal Mm. than the folks here in New York City. What was the reaction to the gay marriage ruling that you felt in uh, with your Texas family and amongst the population of New Mexico? Split. 
Definitely yeah. split. There were they, I would say there were there were three reactions. The three reactions was like one, the Bible says it's wrong and all these people are going to hell and this is one of the signs of the apocalypse that says that America is going to be going down to the toilet of hell mm-hmm. forever mm-hmm. and everything is about to uh, go up in flames. Well, this is one of my favorite arguments that evangelical Christians uh, make in particular because they exactly agree with ISIS. <laughs> ISIS and evangelicals just cannot get along more yeah. on the issue of gay marriage, gay relations in general. I feel like there's more common ground between Christians and ISIS than there are between uh, Israel and the United States at this point. Everyone, uh, Christians, all every religious group of people, they just have one common hateful thread that weaves its way through all of their ideology, and that's just, we don't like gaping male butt. <laughs> that's it. Well, well, I mean, to that uh, you know, to that effect, I woke up on when was it Wednesday or Thursday that the uh, that the announcement came that the president made that wonderful speech. The gay marriage announcement came on Friday. On Thursday Friday. was the uh, Universal Health Care Act, where uh, uh, now forever uh, Chief Justice Roberts will forever be branded um, a uh, a turncoat and against the Republican Party and against conservatism. Of course, he was appointed by George W. Bush. He he voted in favor the swing vote in the situation voted in favor to uh, support Obamacare. It's very similar to what happened um, when Reagan, the Reagan appointee, I believe it was uh, Justice Warren. Uh, maybe it wasn't Reagan. Maybe it was some other. Uh, it was another uh, Republican nominated Supreme Court justice who voted in favor of uh, the Civil Rights Act and things like that and a lot of people thought that he was a turncoat. So just Jeff uh, Justice Roberts has sort of taken on that mantle. Well, the uh, announcement came on Friday, and I woke up on Friday morning, and it was actually a great thing to wake up to. I woke up, and uh, they were watching, you know, my, my, my grandmother and my sister-in-law were watching the Today Show, mm. and it came up and said, you know, gay marriage has been passed, the president to make a speech. So the first thing that I saw was the president's speech, which it was a fantastic speech. It was wonderful. Yeah. And at the end of it, you know, my grandmother, she's, you know, she's in her 70s, of course. It's very unlikely that a tech woman in her 70s would be for gay marriage and of course right. she's she doesn't like it she says you know what she's like you know what the bible says it's wrong i think this is wrong you know this is this is a terrible thing and i was actually inspired by the president's speech when he said that there are some people out there that are religious they have very deeply held religious beliefs and right. it's kind of our duty to reach back and to help them understand so you know what i did instead of getting into an argument with my grandmother I made her breakfast. Hey, there you go. That's a hell of a way to cram. Shut up an old lady. (laughs) Cram a bunch of eggs down her face and she'll feel like she's a child again. Uh, The reference I was making earlier, it was Earl Warren. He was appointed by Dwight Eisenhower to Chief Justice in 1953. And uh, he sided with the liberals, William Brennan, Arthur Goldberg, Abe Fortas, and Thurgood Marshall uh, when it came down to uh, some civil rights uh, pieces of legislation Mm -hmm. or whatever, Supreme Court things. So So he, he pulled a real Warren. Yeah. So that was the first reaction that you got. Right. The second reaction that you got was uh, people that were just like, you know what, that's that's fine. You know, like that that's totally great. Like I, I like this. They people that have gay friends uh, that have worked with gay people that just see them as people. And that's right. It. It's just like this is great. Like this is this is a cool thing. Uh, and that was and that was like those people were a joy to talk to because for the most part I didn't have anybody to talk to about this stuff because mm-hmm. it was a cool thing. It's a big civil rights thing, and it's something to be happy about. It's something. It's the first thing 
in America that has happened in a long time that we can truly feel good about. Sure. That we can truly say like, okay, this is something good that America has done. So you actually feel good about it. And it's very rare in America that you do feel good about what's going on with the country. Right. So we have the people who are opposed to it because the Bible that they're reading, which is total make-believe and fantasy that was written, what, thousands of years after supposedly Jesus died. Um they, they believe that it's illegal for that reason, and uh, it's uh, forbidden in God's eyes, although mm-hmm. he seems to love genocide. He loves it. God can't get enough of that genocide. It's, it's one of his reality yeah. shows. Keeping up with the genocide. That's yeah. the God version of keeping up with the Kardashians. Well, they always forget and, that Jesus never said anything about homosexuality right. whatsoever. And it's all Old Testament stuff, which really, if you're Jewish, then yeah, if you go for the Old Testament, if you go for the Torah, then yeah, of course, homosexuality is wrong. And speaking of the Jews at the Gay Pride Parade, Uh-oh. the Hasidic Jews in particular, I don't know if you heard about this, but the Hasidic Jews hired a bunch of migrant workers. They a did. Bunch of Mexican dudes dressed them up in Orthodox Jew gear. And what is gave- what is Jew gear exactly, Marcus? <laughs> Can you explain? Jew gear, you know the the hats and the curls. They oh. gave them wigs. They gave them the hats. For and- some reason, I thought it was Fila gear. <laughs> Fila, the popular shoe brand that everybody no, loves. No, 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 the actual like what what would you say the uh, the Hasidic gear? Sure, yeah, you know, like the, yeah. the the long wool coats in the summertime and all that. And right, they right, right. paid did- these guys to yeah. sit on the side of the street and hold up anti-gay signs, even though none of them really spoke English and none of them knew what they were doing. They just knew they were getting paid five bucks an hour. Honestly, I, you know, that just, that's a stereotypical thing to do for the Hasidic community to pay people uh, to do that. For those that don't know what traditional Jewish garb looks like, it looks very, very similar to when The Undertaker debuted in the WWF at the time, <laughs> circa 1991-1992, uh-huh. but just put dra- uh, the, uh, the the locks on the side of his yeah, face. Yeah, yeah. The- put the locks in a, in a wool coat. Exactly. Yeah, and, and that's pretty much it. So that, that yeah. was real fun. But Alright, so we had the people who disagree with it, the people who are totally fine with it, and then I would assume the third people are the people who want to monetize off of it, which is the Divorce lawyers. <laughs> this is a huge. I no one has mentioned the fact that if you are in the divorce uh, divorce lawyer game, you, your market just got twenty five percent larger. Oh man, it's, it's huge. huge. It's great, man. Can't wait. Now, the third were the people in uh, the middle, and what those were the people that you'd call the ickies. Oh, the like, The people that have forever were able to think of gay, like, didn't necessarily, weren't necessarily homophobic or anything like that, like, weren't saying, weren't shaking their pitchforks and not right. saying that they're going to go to hell, but people who just don't want to think about it. The right. people that they could always think of gays as kind of perverts or deviants, something mm-hmm. that happens in New York City, something that happens in Los Angeles or San Francisco, that something that happens way far off, and they're all leather daddies, and they're all right. just horrible perverts. But all of a sudden, you have the Supreme Court decision that makes these people face the fact that gay people are human, that they're people, that they're not some sort of deviants, that they get married just like anyone else, that they get divorced like just like anybody else, that Mm. they could have kids, that they could adopt. Uh, And it made them so amazingly uncomfortable. Kind of Anytime you mentioned it, it's just like, ugh. Like, ugh, yeah. You see right. that. It's just, it's very bizarre. Oftentimes, the people who are creeped out or feel as if gay marriage or gay activity is icky are the same people who have no problem birthing a cow. <laughs> you know, they're just like, oh, gotta go to the barn and Bessie's pregnant, better birth the cow. Yeah, and can be that just to me is icky. Covered in cow shit. Constantly. Oh, constantly covered in cow shit. But for some reason, the gay marriage thing just makes them feel, just gays make them feel icky. But maybe. Right. You know, maybe it's the first, this uh, whole 
gay marriage thing being legal, maybe that's the first step towards those people not feeling like homosexuality is so icky. That right. maybe it's just like that you're, that it's just, you know, your neighbor is gay. And that rather than it's like, oh yeah, that's my gay friend, mm. maybe it's just my friend. I mean, I don't know. I just don't think these people fully understand the cleaning process that goes into the gay butthole, when, especially <laughs> when it comes to the, ma- to the male. Uh, some of the cleanest people you'll ever see in your life, you can whistle right through their whole bodies. It's amazing. <laughs> Um, yeah, so they have the they have the icky factor, which is yeah. uh, which is interesting. I think it's also coming on a time right now. This week was very traumatic for a lot of people. Of course, the Supreme Court uh, ruling for Obamacare for gay marriage, and now uh, also ruling. This is not the Supreme Court. This is the South Carolina legislator, but happening in states around the South, specifically places like Etsy, Walmart, um, Amazon. Uh, they, their TV land is pulling the Dukes of Hazard, mm-hmm. uh, all because of the Confederate flag. Yeah. Okay, so we have the Confederate flag controversy happening. Obviously, we had Kevin Barnett on to discuss the Charleston mass shooting. Unbelievably sad. We all agree that the Confederate flag should be taken down from the state capitol, put into a museum where people can then go and look at it through the lens of history as opposed to a living artifact that still resonates with the population today as if it was the law of the land. Obviously, they lost a war because a fog came in. <laughs> that's a little Civil War history for you. Uh, maybe that's maybe that's when we fought the uh, the Redcoats. I don't that know. That was the Redcoats. I would yeah, assume yeah, there's was... a fog. There was some fog during the Civil War, though, too. It was the fog of war. Most, uh, I mean, uh, Sherman's March had a lot to do with it and just the total destruction of the entire South. If and I was, if more I was, than anything, yeah. Reconstruction had more to do with anti- Anti-union uh, feelings among the Confederates in the South and anything else, but that was just yeah. because uh, the president after Abraham Lincoln was a fucking demon. But what I'm saying is, less fog of war, more mimosas. <laughs> can, I, can we go with the mimosa of war, please? I would be terrible in the military, especially during the Civil War era. Mm-hmm. So they they want to take it down. Now this is being met with some major opposition because I do think uh, people on the right side, um, ideologically and. Uh, and emotionally, honestly, it is an, it's an emotion to be conservative. It mm-hmm. is a very, uh, we're losing power, we're losing strength. Like we talked about with Dylan Roof's massacre in Charleston when he said, you're raping our women. Of course, like the joke that we mentioned with Kevin, this was in 87. The mean age, I think, was about 50 years old <laughs> um, and tended to be women. Mm-hmm. And I do not think those are the culprits. I saw Birth of a Nation, <laughs> and I do not think that those were the culprits of the people uh, raping our white women or supposedly doing so for racist rhetoric. But there is definitely a part of the um, country right now that is feeling much more isolated than they did before this last week. And uh, regardless of the fact that they're wrong, there is some interesting points that are being brought up. Namely, um, like I mentioned earlier, TV land pulling the Dukes of Hazard because of the Confederate flag. Um, people wanting to take down monuments in, uh, in Washington, D.C. of Confederate generals. People uh, vandalizing uh, Confederate uh, monuments in South Carolina and in other places around the South. And I do think we have to be careful. Uh, keep in mind, I am coming from a total perspective that the Confederate flag is a racist symbolism that, that hurts people's feelings at the end of the day. Um, but I think we do have to be weary of not going down the ISIS path mm. of knocking down all of our old art, all of our old structures, so that we remember, so that we can remember the past. Otherwise, uh, if it, you know, there will be another group of people that will be, um, you know, a, a 
it would be more easy to accept the um, the extinction or the uh, servitude of another group of people. So I think that's one of the areas where some of the people of more conservative roots are talking from when they come down to the discussion of uh, the uh, the rep- uh, of the uh, Confederate flag and what does it actually mean to start vandalizing, tearing down monuments of U.S. history. And the irony is, if we tear down all the Confederate monuments. The history of this country is great. <laughs> you know, so then no one will remember the terrible yeah. past. And yeah. so I think that that's so American exceptionalism becomes even more of a problem. Right. Because yeah. they're like, oh, America never did anything wrong. There's no history of it. It's mm-hmm. the exact same way after I eat a whole pizza. You know what I do? Mm-hmm. Erase my calorie counter. <laughs> Boom. It's like I didn't have anything. My Apple phone doesn't. My iPhone hasn't told me yeah. that I ate anything. Yeah, and if you drink, well, why an- am I still getting fatter? I don't understand. My calorie counters at zero. And if you drink enough vodka before you eat right. the pizza, you won't even remember eating the pizza. That's even better. And you're too <laughs> drunk to put it into your phone to start with. So I think that there's definitely that angle that isn't really being expressed quite enough and this is happening so quickly the confederate flag um was rose again in the south carolina uh, state capital there after brown versus the board of education yeah. which is of course the supreme court decision that allowed as a matter of fact that might have been warren was this i think it was also okay, warren. so yeah, this yeah. was earl warren um which of course uh unsegregated the schools yeah um and allowed and allowed for blacks and whites to go to school together. And I'll tell you one thing, that was the best thing that ever happened to nerdy whites. <laughs> Holy Christ, they got a lot cooler overnight, sure that's did. for certain. So that's when it got raised up again in South Carolina. It wasn't It wasn't there for, what was this, it wasn't there for 100 years or so. Well, it didn't necessarily get raised up again in South Carolina. Like, it wasn't necessarily a state thing because I believe it's always been a part of the South Carolina legislature, but Brown versus the Board of Education, it had gone away as far as a symbol for a long time, as far as like the KKK and all those sorts of mm. symbols went. Uh, it came back after Brown versus Board of Education as a symbol of racism, as a symbol of... It was these a d- in direct in, retaliation to, uh, to in direct non-segregation. Re- yeah, in direct retaliation to black people getting more rights and not being as much of second-class citizens. That's when right. the fear really started to come. And if these people had any foresight to what the athletic programs would mean to high schools in the 1990s, 80s, 70s, and 2000s, segregation would have been solved like that. (laughs) You know how much money these schools make with sports? Are you kidding me? That's half of the damn, that's all the money, all the fundraising money goes towards the sports, not Mm -hmm. to books or anything like that. So that was why it was um, brought back into the uh, South Carolina lexicon as a as just a as a regular everyday thing. It was in retaliation to Brown versus Board. Not just South Carolina, but the entire South. Right. But at the same time, I think it's very interesting that we're discussing the Confederate flag and nothing else. Mm -hmm. It is such a it's such a parlor trick to really get away from the issues that we're actually uh, talking about uh, in the Dylan Roof Charleston mass shooting. There's been a bunch of different church burnings like uh, right now in the South and things like that. And there is so many more angles to this. And I do feel by definition, it is a symbolic solution uh, and a symbolic um, concession that will create zero actual social change. No legislation will be passed via gun laws. Nothing will ever happen when it comes to truly um, trying to integrate minds and souls and um, and uh, cultures in the South. If anything, it's going to um, 
uh, it's going to force people to become more and more tribal as we're becoming as a society than, than ever before. So I think that one of the ironies of Dylan Roof's shooting is, yes, it has brought a lot of people together, but, you know, everyone says, oh, he hasn't achieved his purpose. You know, everyone's coming together. Everyone's coming together in love. There is so much resentment right now, not in support of Dylan Roof, but with what government is uh, doing when it comes to um, the Confederate flag and, and Confederate monuments, that I'm not sure if this is going to calm anything down, if this is going to quelm, uh, or, you know, if this is going to, um, uh, you know, satisfy people who. Uh, who feel as if now they are becoming victims of a massive social change that is literally happening over 10 days. Yeah. You know, this is like, these things literally will happen overnight. South Carolina is very interesting, though. This is how much they love the Confederate flag, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners already know this, but they had to take a vote, and it was a two-thirds vote. They had to go through the, uh, the legislator. Two-thirds of the legislator had to vote in order to just talk about the possibility of taking down the flag in South Carolina. That's how much they 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 had a they made a mental moat <laughs> to to even get to the other side to just have a conversation of attacking the castle. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean it's insane that that's how invested they are in this symbol. Yeah, that's and, the reason why they didn't lower the Confederate flag to half mast after the Charleston shooting because right. it takes two thirds of a two thirds majority to even raise it or lower it to half mast. Anything having to do with the Confederate flag, it is their most sacred symbol. It is ridiculous how sacred they hold it and how much they fetishize this thing. Right, and fetishize is the exact right word. And uh, there was a picture on, on Twitter that somebody showed of RuPaul in a Confederate dress. Yeah, I saw that. Fetishized about that a little bit. <laughs> oh, my God. That's not bad. But it really has gotten uh, to an extreme level. But a lot of, uh, you know, Lindsey Graham, a presidential candidate, one of the 14 presidential <laughs> candidates uh, run, running as a Republican, has publicly st uh, stated to take it down. Um, and, of course, I'm sure Lindsey Graham is very, very happy about the Friday um, gay marriage legalization by the Supreme Court because now he can finally get gay married, um, which is great. For those that don't know, Lindsey Graham is the only bachelor running for office. <laughs> and I'm sorry, when you're 77 years old or something like that that mm -hmm. and you've never been married and you have a lot of money and you're sort of attractive even though I think you're not because I'm a straight fella mm -hmm. uh, you're gay <laughs> he's never had a girlfriend yeah. has he's he ever had a roommate <laughs> he's had a couple of roommates and uh, he's had like a 50 year old intern for like 20 years now which is very interesting but of course he's not coming out let's go down the list of um, some Republican candidates that people who have recently announced of course Chris Christie um, I want to say threw himself into the ring but more like kind of like rolled in slowly <laughs> and then kind of like got winded and then continued rolling himself into the ring he's the most recent one fresh off of his big softball game where he he played uh, on the side of the NYPD and that camel toe alone was oh. enough to get him arrested on felony charges a break in my heart <laughs> he was. He is a dreamboat, a stud muffin, if I've ever seen one. Of course, uh, in 2012, when a lot of people did prompt him to run, his approval ratings uh, in New Jersey were through the roof. He was above 50%, I believe hovering around the 60s. Um, and if I, I would make a joke about cholesterol there, but I don't know what a healthy cholesterol level is. <laughs> so... Um, 
everyone said he should run in 2012, be the truth talker, the the uh, the bomb thrower, uh, the one who could unseat Mitt because he, at the time he was the governor of a very very successful state, in New Jersey. Fast forward four years, he's at Bridgegate, which is of course a scandal. I'm sure you guys know this, but we'll just do a refresher. A mayor in a small town didn't vote for Chris Christie because he want, he errs on the side of health, and uh, he's like, I'm only voting for skinny presidents who have at least one pack. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, so he voted uh, not uh, for Chris Christie. I forget who he was running against at the time. Uh, in order to retaliate against that, they shut down the two lanes of highway that were followed that were going past this man's town, causing a whole bunch of different headaches and things like that. One elderly woman died. I think she was in her 90s. She probably would have died anyway. Nonetheless, he kind of has blood on his hands and a whole bunch of loose skin because elderly people, your body, your skin stays the same and your body just inside kind of prunes. You know, you get raisiny. Um, and so that scandal was huge. His number one guy is facing very, very serious charges. And then, of course, he had the Sandy situation, which I don't think was so bad, but a lot of the conservatives who were just like, he's a rhino, he's a rhino. And I'm like, are you making a fat joke? No, that's an acronym (laughs) acronym for uh, Republican in name only. They gave him that. And then uh, to wrap it all up for Chris Christie, New Jersey has been downgraded uh, nine times. Mm -hmm. The... uh, the, the state has been downgraded nine times. Their finances are absolutely in chaos and in total. They're in a total wreck right now. It's a nightmare, and he's hovering about 30% uh, of the vote. So what better time <laughs> than to go seek the nomination for the presidency when the people in your own state hate you? Mm-hmm. So he's thrown himself into the ring. Uh, Bobby Jindal as well. This is a little story about Bobby Jindal. I was doing a shoot uh, with my friend Trina, and uh, she's uh, from a very, very successful family in Louisiana where uh, Bobby Jindal is the the governor and let me just say this Bobby Jindal always looks whenever you see him in a suit it looks like he uh, was the father of Ariel uh, Ariel? And, yeah, Ariel from The Little Mermaid. <laughs> what? And, and the big the big woman. You'd be talking about Poseidon? Ursula. Ursula? And Ursula shrunk him down. <laughs> he looks like he, he, you know those little slugs in, in The Little Mermaid, the little plankton creatures? Ooh, he's a slug, isn't he? He's a he's, slug yeah, person. He's, he's wearing suits like he's the lead singer of The Talking Head. <laughs> the Talking Heads band, if you if you ever see them live, at one point they bring on the big suit. Yeah. Well, I forget what song it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great song, though. Awesome song. Anyway, so this is a true story. Uh, obviously, he's of Indian descent. He's an Indian-American, and uh, so he got a lot of support. Support. He galvanized a lot of the Indian support there in Louisiana. Obviously, not a very, very large pocket of the population, but they did have a lot of money. Mm. And, uh, and you know, really, you could make a strong conservative argument that people uh, of Indian descent, you could, you could see the through line for conservative thought. There's no doubt about that. Without a doubt. Uh, limited government. Um, Socially, uh, a little bit more concerned about what women are wearing and how you know how big their tits are and how much are they out, <laughs> you know, and things like that. Um, so he won the nomination uh, in large part because of the Indian population donating millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. The day before he's about to give his speech, this is a true story. He called up my friend's father, who was a large donor, and said, uh, "If you come, you cannot wear your sari." Uh, to, to you know, regarding the man's wife. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, of course, sorry is the traditional Indian garb because what he's been doing, Bobby Jindal has separated himself so far from the Indian community and refuses to acknowledge that side of his uh, of his history and uh, of his genetic makeup. And uh, so that was very, very difficult for the Indian community to get over. They were extremely upset. And uh, so that's just one story about Bobby Jindal desperately so desperately the way that uh, the way that Rachel Dolezal wants to be black Bobby Jindal wants to be white in the worst way 
In the as a matter of fact, the Dukes of Hazard might have been canceled off a uh, off a of TV land, but I'm fairly certain Bobby Jindal bought the General Lee as soon as he could. <laughs> you know what uh, Bobby's real name is? Piyush. To be fair, <laughs> to be fair, when you are running in, in America, Bobby is a better name to choose. <laughs> Literally, it's a better name, even though when I think of Bobby and a politician, I'm like, uh, Saran, Saran. Yeah. Don't you just get killed then? But he's like, it's better than Piyush. Piyush, or Piyush is maybe how it's pronounced. Right. But yes, his name is... Which a, is a great name, and I'm not mocking that name. No, I'm not that mocking name. that name at all, but he went with the most redneck sounded like... Because like Piyush Jindo, like that sounds very Indian. We say it as Bobby Jindal. Bobby Jindal? Right. Boy, yeah, I'll tell you what, I was down at the co-op the other day, and Bobby Jindal came in, and he ordered about 14 pounds of fertilizer. I don't know what he's doing out there, his homestead. Well, he's going to make a bomb and go blow up the World, World Trade Center. Are you kidding me? <laughs> if anyone buys 14 pounds of 14 whatever, <laughs> fertilizer should be sold by the ounce. That, that's it. So Bobby Jindal is in right now. Him and Chris Christie both built beneath 5% in the polls. I know we're 16 months out of the election, but let me just get my cream. I just got to talk about it a little bit. Yeah. Okay, so we got George Pataki, who is also running. He's a former governor of New York. Uh, absolutely no chance of running whatsoever. But he, what he will get out of this, and I mark my words, he will officially become a Fox News correspondent, which mm. is big. He's been on Fox News constantly. Rick, Stans- Rick Santorum is still in. Ted Cruz is still in. Marco Rubio is there. Rand Paul, who has been a little bit quiet. Of course, we have Jeb Bush, who is dis- distancing himself from the Bush name as much as possible. He's got the Hispanic wife, though, and she's going to be trolled out the same way that Rick Santorum trolled out his dumb kid. <laughs> when Michelle Bachman and her, and her disabled kid, speaking of Michelle Bachman, really quick, Marcus Bachman, true story, gay marriage passed on Friday. Marcus Bachman filed for divorce. What? That's a true story. Let's, Are you? We no. can we'll Google it and we'll talk about it. Uh, so Jeb Bush is running, Marco Rubio, Rand Paul, Ted Cruz, uh, George Pataki. Uh, we got Bobby Jindal, Chris Christie. We got, uh, we got. Uh, oh my God, there's so many. It's absolutely absurd. Carly Fiorina, who is another gal who's running, just giving you quick updates. And uh, then we got Rick Santorum, Mike Huckabee. And of course, we got Donald Trump. And I think I'm missing two. Uh, you're missing Scott Walker. Scott Walker. And you're missing Ben Carson. And Ben Carson. Yeah, All yeah. right. And by the way, Trump, number two. Trump is number two right now in the polls, which is one of the most amazing things of all time. And I think that he is one of the reasons that Chris Christie's straight shooter, straight talker kind of rhetoric is totally not going to res- resonate because Donald Trump is a straight shooter. He is a straight talker. And it's causing him his entire business. <laughs> That's the side of a straight talker where they're like, uh, yeah, you're fired, Mr. Trump from Univision and NBC. You can't just call all Mexicans rapists. You know, yeah. like that's kind of a terrible thing to say. But now he's suing them for half a billion dollars and he'll probably win because in that contract, there was no clause where if he said something outlandish or something ridiculous, they could terminate the relationship. Mm-hmm. So he's just going to make as much money as ever before. But let's let's circle back here and discuss the real winner once again of Friday's Supreme Court decision about gay marriage, same sex marriage. Marcus Bachman has filed for divorce. Fake story. Fake story. Fake story. God damn it. <laughs> I hate these fake stories. I know. It's the stupid fucking side, the national report, which said it, it looks, sounds like it's a real story. It sounds like it's a real story. It looks real. Like, everything about it looks kind of like, ah, uh, it's, it's just fucking stupid. I hate it so much. All right. Keep it in. Cause we're live streaming. <laughs> That's fine. I get, I get fooled by those once a week. Yeah. 
I look at them and I'm like, that's got to be real. You got to write me a list down of these fake websites. Now, I'll, I'll just tell, I'll tell you, man, if it looks too good to be true, Google it. And most of the time it is. All right. Well, let's go back. Let's let's circle back here. Uh, Jimmy Carter just recently came out and uh, obviously it was a great week for uh, President Barack Obama uh, in a lot of ways. Obviously, again, gay marriage, health care. They they put the lights up and they made the the White House a rainbow. Yeah. And uh, and a lot of people thought that that was very, very nice. Some people didn't think that was so nice. My question to you, Marcus, is uh, that's, uh, they must have gotten a tip off, huh? What? They must have had the tip. Like, did they just? Yeah, yeah. Did they have the rainbow lights ready to go? It's like it's like when you see. Um, uh, let's just use a reference of pro wrestling, where it's all scripted and fake. Uh-huh. And the next thing you know, uh, you know, John Cena wins the championship, and there's a huge sign that falls down that says "John Cena Champion." <laughs> John Cena did it, and there's a whole bunch of celebrities being like, "Congratulations, John Cena, on your WWE uh, title." I mean, the White House. As soon as it passed, it was like. Hit the lights. <laughs> I love. I have no problem with the lights. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, dude, who told them that this was going to happen? Could be one of those things where, you know, when you got uh, the Golden State Warriors versus the, uh, who was it in the, the NBA? Cleveland final? Cavaliers. The Cleveland Cavaliers. Do you make merchandise for both? So you think the other light was just going to be, like, dark? <laughs> it was just going to be, like, a black light? <laughs> no, they just take them down. No, they no, just no. take out all they the They just light. take them down. No, no, no. The other one was the Confederate flag. Oh, <laughs> I see. They were going to project that onto the White House. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I see. I thought that was very interesting. Another thing, uh, Facebook, uh, they put, uh, they had the, uh, the um, I want to say tint, but it's not tint. It is filter. filter. It is a filter on Facebook that you could do the rainbows and things like that. I chose not to do that. Um, and a lot of people did choose to do it. And I do believe that this story is real. But that was all used to, uh, as a face, Facebook study to figure out the uh, political leanings of the people who were on Facebook. Yeah, I, I read a story on Gizmodo. That, that was real, right? I, I read Thank a story on Gizmodo God. that said that they asked Facebook and Facebook as much as admitted it. Because Facebook doesn't right. care. They right. absolutely do not care. That, like It's like, yeah, of course we're tracking you. This is a fucking business, you idiot. Right, 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 yeah. of course. And so it's, yeah, but it is very much a tracking type thing. It is a tracking type thing. So, and again, loving gay people is not about making a different filter on your Facebook page. It's not about putting the right hashtag out on Twitter. It's about living your daily life in a loving way that is open-minded and, uh, and uh, you know, open arm towards people who might, you know, believe in different sexual positions than you do based <laughs> on the fact that their anatomy is, is such that they have to compromise or improvise. <laughs> For crying out loud, it drove me. It drives me nuts. Yeah. I hate the fa- I hate social media activism so much because it is the laziest form of activism. But then it also prompts the most aggressive forms of like vile, vitriol hate. If someone even perceives like you don't agree with them on the issue, mm-hmm. I made a comment on Twitter that went to my Facebook page because I link them up. <laughs> I'm lazy. <laughs> um, and it was just like, when do you think it'll be right for these folks to take down? When are they going to deem it appropriate to take down the gay marriage? Uh, you know, not the, uh, the, uh, the the gay, the rainbow filter. Mm-hmm. And this guy wrote back in this comment section, oh, well, I don't know, but thanks for reminding me how unfunny you are, unfriend. And Ugh. I was like, what are you talking about? You don't even know me, number one. Yeah. And number two, you didn't do anything. <laughs> what did you do? I want to find some evidence where you helped out a gay person. Just even up some stairs. <laughs> You chode? What's wrong with these people? Anyway, that's my little rant about uh, about social media and the. But it, it can cause a lot of it can cause some yeah. good things as well. Yeah, yeah, I agree completely. Um, 
Let's see here. I suppose we can start wrapping it up. There's so many other things to talk about, but we can get to those uh, at later podcasts and later dates. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one of the things I will say, um, a lot of the people that were killed in Charleston in that church, I just don't know how they would feel about Friday's decision, um, <laughs> which is kind of interesting. If you think about that, there is a large... A large uh, ministers of black churches have come out, and they've been very, very vocal against the uh, the gay rights movement. So that's always sort of one of those things that is uh, you, you can never find. There's never total peace, and there's no such thing as um, as one side or another. A lot of the liberals who are um, so pro gay marriage and uh, and and and, and uh, extremely, they fancy themselves not racist at all, or you know, they fancy themselves uh, in love with all cultures other than white um that was i read a couple of very disturbing articles online uh specifically from uh the black uh pastors association that were just like just absolutely awful and that the reason i referenced the charleston is because that's that was referenced in an article which i thought was kind of interesting Mm -hmm. and uh unbelievably not reported so there is not one side to any of this stuff and uh i think overall the last week was was very good for the country in a lot of ways of course we did end up passing the trans-pacific partnership uh, which went under the radar. I think again another situation of government using the media with a uh, with it with an issue that issue being the Confederate flag issue that is as symbolic as a issue can be that has no relevance and no actual um, no actual. Uh, other than other than emotional and uh, and I, and I think there is there's 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 no legislation uh, that is going to uh, make America uh, better with the uh, with the Confederate flag thing. It's it's all it's all emotion. Yeah. Um. And I and I agree with it. Again, I put it in the museum and make it historical. But the TPP passed, and that could be really really devastating, and and not good at all. But that just went way under the radar, yeah. and uh, we're here celebrating a lot of different things, and I think a lot of great things. But, um, you know, Jimmy Carter, for example, called Obama the worst foreign policy president in 50 years. Whoa. And the worst thing that Jimmy Carter has ever said about anything was a marmalade that had too many peaches once. <laughs> I swear to God, he had a sandwich and he's like, these marmalade, these peaches are just a little bit too big. And that was the meanest thing Jimmy <laughs> Carter has ever said. And he did say that Obama was the worst foreign policy president in 50 years. That's nuts. So anyway, domestically, I think I think it's been a very interesting week. And uh, and again, if you are, I understand. I do understand people who are just like it's moving so fast. uh, You know, with uh, with a lot of the the social debates and things like that. But at the same time, it's been many many years, and and these things do catch fire quickly, especially now in the in the internet age. you can be a porn star. You can be the most famous porn star in the world on Monday, and by Tuesday night. You know, just somebody else has figured out how to get their, I don't know, legs haul a little bit farther apart or something. I don't, I don't know. How do you measure a good porn star? Is it, it's, it's length, right? Length? Is it length of legs? I don't know how it's done. <laughs> well, everybody likes different things. Like, remember, being, I'm really into Mia Khalifa, but you're not. <laughs> you're not. That's not your style. And that's fine. We yeah. both like different things, but I'm yeah. I'm quite smitten with the woman. Oh, she'll date you, Marcus. <laughs> Mia Khalifa is going to date you in a heartbeat. <laughs> 
Um, all right, Marcus. Well, I guess we should wrap it up. I had a good week as well. Good. And uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we love you. And uh, go to the Facebook page. It's just at Ablingen's Top Hat. And uh, let us know what you think about the live stream idea and all those things. We'll do that. And about the show's topics, let us know what you want us to discuss. If you have any interesting stories, we'd love to hear them because we get a lot of our... Um, a lot of our ideas and a lot of our knowledge from your personal lives because there's nobody who understands um, America better than the people and the world better than the people who are living in it and certainly the uh, news medias aren't covering anything properly so that's what we'll do here at CCR and try the best we can uh, that's Marcus Parks on Twitter I'm at Ben Kissel and I suppose that's it and we'll talk to you soon that's it goodbye everybody for more shows like the one you just listened to go to cavecomedyradio.com BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts.